0: we might be on but. introduction part 37 we don't know <laughs> yeah
1: will see no, how it no goes. No, no, no. <laughs> no no we can't do that
0: bisexual lighting you're listening you have thoughts We want to share them with us and we love that oh sure put
1: me on the spot why don't you um, <laughs>
0: She sells seashells by the seashore.
1: No, she doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's going to be great. I think you're going to enjoy the heck out of it.
0: Welcome once again to Write Out Loud, the podcast where we explore all of the things related to writing and storytelling. And we, of course, have with us today the magical, the magnificent, the amazing, the wonderful, the adorable Tina. Hello and of course I'm Matt and we're going to talk about some of the general topics around writing and how do you get the most really out of your writing and some of the things that I thought maybe we could explore was talking about some of the just general workflow type stuff like how do you really get your writing going what are some of the tips and techniques you can use for that how much maybe do you weigh in research versus just making stuff up as you go, any specific writing tools, things like that. So just kind of exploring the whole process and having a little bit of a conversation. What do you think?
1: I think all that right. sounds wonderful. All right.
0: Well, I dig it. I dig it. So let's go ahead. Let's see what we got today. So let's first talk a little bit about just a typical workflow. What are some of the ways that people get into the writing process based on all of the authors that you know, based on your own writing style? Like what are some of the nuts and nuts well, of that writing
1: process? First of all, everybody is different. I mean, I've got a stable full of authors and I don't even know if any of them are alike in their process. And I think that the most important thing you can do, especially as an aspiring author, as a writer trying to do something solid that you can publish, put out there, do what you're going to do with it is figure out what your process is. Mm-hmm. Figure out not only who do you want to be as a writer, but how do you work the best? So if you are someone who is best in the morning, you're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, want to get it done, get the tackle of the day, sure. want to get your 2,000 words in, schedule that time in the morning. If you are a nighttime writer, schedule that time at night. If you're someone who has other responsibilities, kids, what have you, you've got to work out what schedule works best. But I would absolutely figure out what that time is and schedule that time. Mm -hmm. If you're someone is just, you don't have any responsibilities, this is already your career and (laughs) you write best in the middle of the day, then do that. But you've really got to figure out how not just um, how you write, but who you are as a writer. Who do you want to be? How do you want to make your audience feel? That's actually usually the first question I tell my writers to do is figure out how you want your audience to feel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do you want to feel writing? That's going to give you a general direction of what kind of book you want to produce. It's also going to give you an idea of who is going to read your book, even though I encourage people to write what they want to write and not necessarily think about whether it's going to sell or not. I think you still need to figure out who your audience is so that you're making them happy. And it's generally your favorite genre, the genre that you're going to write. Figure out how the audience feels while reading them. If it's romance, they feel all happy and good. It's got to have that happy ever after. That doesn't mean you can't scare the bleep out of them while it happens. They're all the subgenres. If you want to feel that suspense, if that's all you want to really keep your audience on the edge of their seat because that's what excites you, well, guess what? You're going to be writing a mystery thriller suspense, that sort of thing. Once you figure out how you write, who you are as a writer, everything else should really fall into place. Mm-hmm. And again, it is really figuring out How you work best. If you work best in silence, (laughs) figure out a time that there's silence. If you work best while having a playlist, get that playlist going, get it inspirational, get it creepy music or in a coffee shop or something. Hip hop. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, figure out who you are and how you write.
0: Just like anything else, you hear lots of different competing pieces of wisdom, I guess, is the best way to say it, where some will say, oh, you know what? The best way to to become a better writer is just to do, just get it out on the page, write down, write at least 500 words a day. And it doesn't matter what you write, just as long as you're writing something. And then there's others that might say, well, no, you should really focus on a specific project and that will help you kind of hone that craft. And is there any validity to one or the other, or is it again, does it go back to who the individual is?
1: It is absolutely the individual. The thing is, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of a lot of writing books. A lot of, a lot of people get stuff out of that. I personally, it never influenced anything that I was writing. And really all of the clients that I work with, they all have different books that inspired them that really something clicked. So really, I think as an individual, what calls to you to read on the craft of writing take what really goes click for you mm-hmm. leave everything else if something doesn't resonate with you leave it on the table i think a lot of people forget that this is really a creative the thing is would you tell a painter oh you're not doing that stroke right Right, Maybe a, a, an art teacher would to help critique if they're trying to learn a certain technique. And the same can be true for writing. If you're lo- trying to learn a certain technique, definitely read the books that allow you to do that. But at the end of the day, it's a creative endeavor. It, it is absolutely, there is no limit to what can be done. And I think that's the one thing that I think a lot of writers trying to make a living from this, forget, is that they get to make up the rules. Mm-hmm. There are some really popular authors out there, New York Times bestselling authors that have some of the worst habits, <laughs> worst techniques, but there's something about their storytelling. One in particular, her name is Kristen Ashley, and she can write in alternating first person and third person and somehow make it work. Mm. It doesn't it's tough. Yeah. I, it doesn't work for everybody. I would not recommend that. If any clients come to me and they have that in their voice and it works, certainly keep going with it. That's your voice for Kristen Ashley. That's her voice. That's the way it comes to her. And for her storytelling and, and the stories that she's got, it works, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't recommend it for <laughs> just anybody. But that's what I mean. That you get to make your own rules. Storytelling doesn't come down to completely grammar- grammatically correct sentence. Sure. It comes down to, we've discussed this before with Stephanie Meyer, the months <laughs> on the page. So you get to make up the rules to some extent. The only way you don't get to make up the rules is the fact that you still have to communicate. You still have to have your idea understood. Yep. And that's why there are things like grammar that we need to still follow.
0: <laughs> at least at least somewhat. Yeah. Well, and I like that you mentioned it being a, a if you're a creative process and therefore there aren't necessarily rules per se. There are some rules and guidelines and boundaries, but for the most part like you kind of get to make up whatever, right? If you if your world there are no specific rules that you have to follow because it's a, you're, you're out in outer space and you're the only person out there and there's nothing else around. Like there could be all kinds of things with that. Right. But I think what's yeah. interesting is the balance of researching versus just making it up. Okay. Right. And like yeah, doing that much work kind of beforehand. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. I, I think if you get caught up in the research beforehand and you're so obsessed with getting it right, you're going to lose some of the creativity you do want some things to be somewhat accurate and believable. That's the one thing that I think we haven't talked about on this podcast is that the one element that makes a really good book is believability. Mm-hmm. We are, there's a term used in theater that can also be used in creative writing and storytelling. Mm-hmm. And that's called the willing suspension of disbelief. Yep. We know ahead of time that this is a story but we are willing to suspend our disbelief our unbelief in something in order to enjoy the story but there's only so far that that can go Mm -hmm. but at some point oh this is too unbelievable that would never happen (laughs) how many times have you read a book and that comes up or seen a show or watched a movie and like oh my god that's that is totally not realistic. Mm-hmm. I think there are some places that you can be unrealistic and stretch the boundaries, but you want to be careful and make sure that you're not crossing those lines of how f- how far will your reader follow mm-hmm. you into that.
0: There's been lots of shows. We watch a lot of uh, a lot of TV shows because there are some really good, well-written series that have yes. some very good storyline with them and one of those that we enjoyed was the resident and when it's matt zuckery and Mm -hmm. a few others but basically again from a willing suspension of disbelief you're in this hospital it is going to do things in this hospital where they might explain something you're like yeah no doctor's ever gonna explain that but that's fine like they're not gonna explain it to another doctor right because it's yeah they have to do it for the audience so fine whatever so you kind of like your brain lets that go but there is a specific scene where there is a large issue with the power system within the hospital. Like, they're having issues with power surges and things like that. And at one point, Matt Zucker's character is like, oh, I'm going to run down to the boiler room and see if I can get this get this going again. And you're like, my man, uh-huh. you, you are a resident. You are not going down to the boiler room to go kickstart the hospital. Yeah, like, yeah, that's just not going to happen. They've
1: got people on staff that do that kind of stuff. Yeah, Call maintenance.
0: Yeah, it's... It, so it's just moments where you're like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I agree. They go into all the all different things. But, you know, you, you see things like that and it does. It takes you out of the story for just that long. Yes. Sometimes just enough to to complain about it and then you go back in. But other times yep. it is enough to break the entire story.
1: But that's the point. It takes you out of the story. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why you have those guidelines. I, again, I don't want to call them rules because I'm a rule breaker, but you have the bumper guards in a bowling alley you don't want to go out of bounds and that's the whole thing is i want to be so far sucked into a story that i forget the world around me yes the minute you remind me that there's a world around me i'm out yep i'm out of it and maybe i'll put it on pause or close the book for the night no as a writer I want you binge-watching. I want you binge-reading. I want you not to put that book down and have you looking at the clock at 3 a.m. going, okay, maybe I can finish this before 4. Yeah. Well, we, w- we want that
0: world of Harry Potter experience. We want that, that mm-hmm. level of immersiveness, right? That you are in that world so much that you want to be a part of it. Like you want to... Yes. You want to be in it with them, right? And yes. meeting your heroes and meeting your villains even. Yeah, you want to have that, that story be so expansive that it just takes, it literally transports you to another world. Yeah. What do you think? So thinking about the writing process and how people kind of pull the reader in to their world, what are some of the strategies that you think work particularly well to bring that reader in and kind of captivate them?
1: I think my favorite one is the bit of mystery. You want something that gets them to turn that page. It's it's a question of who, what happened. Oh, we don't know the whole story there, and so you read the next chapter. Or holding things close to your chest that you're not giving them every bit of information, background. You you don't want these info dumps that like leave no mystery to the book. Sure. I don't care what genre it is. I don't care what movies, TV, books, any of those things. You want to have a little bit. Who was it that, oh gosh, I'm going to get this wrong. But if you look up, I think it's a TED Talk. And I want to say it was J.J. Abrams, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. The Mystery Box, he calls it. And it's that little bit of information that you're Leaving, leaving a big question mark. Um, You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of other things that you can do. Jump into action right away. Mm-hmm. It opens with an action piece. One of the things that I like to tell my clients, figure out where the story starts. Like, where's the real story? And if everything before that is just information,
0: mm-hmm. no, just no, no. Leave
1: start it. where the story starts. Start right into the action, start right into the mystery, start right in. Sure. Nice. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah I was going to ask you about jumping right into the action because I think, again, you kind of hear conflicting points of view. I've always been a fan of start in the action, start in something that gets the reader kind of going, What the hell is this? Like, why am I, even if they question, Why am I reading this? Like, I don't know, something's, there's something interesting about it, right? Like, it makes them yeah. think about what it is. But there are others, of course, as there always will be that, want maybe a little bit more explanation and a little more world building first before they get to that point point. and i can think of certain novels that have done a really good job with that i think a lot of the lord of the rings types of books have kind of jumped or have kind of built up into that but there is still an element of jumping right into the action so i don't know yeah it's, it's...
1: so okay so lord of the rings is a hard one to crack because i only got to book two before like i could only read so many descriptions of trees (laughs) so that's not to say i'm not a fan i loved the movies the movies got right to the meat of it and there are a lot of people that love the lord of the rings so in no way am i saying that it was not good but i wasn't a big fan simply because there was too much and not enough action yeah i need a little more content that pulls me in. Sure. Like I said, I stopped with the second book because this whole thing with the trees and I was like, ah, I think I'm kind of lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost amongst the trees. Sure. But they were damn good movies. Yeah. And so, you know, yep. I do think that you can give them the information as the action is unfolding. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that a little bit of description one of my longtime clients has beautiful poetry in her descriptions and that sucks you in so it really depends on the technique Mm -hmm. used on how to draw someone in some people really need that action to get going Mm -hmm. I would I would actually say that if you're not sure how to start and I think a lot of writers are in that same boat. A lot of people have trouble starting. I I don't know many editing jobs that I've been on that have had great openings first time around. Mm-hmm. It's always the beginning that probably needs the most work.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. You know,
1: in that first draft. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's because that's the most difficult part. It's like, how do you start? How do you introduce characters? How do you do your... Focusing too much on the how-to, how do I open a book? How do I keep people interested? Instead, think again and say, where does the story start? How do I start as close to that as possible? Mm -hmm. And if there are things that need to be explained, then they'll be explained. Sure. If you need introduction of a character, I don't think it's a problem to have the character on stage and have them doing something and discover about them. Mm-hmm. I think there are ways of doing that. So I think concentrating too much on, oh, I need my audience to know this before the story starts makes it way too heavy in the beginning with information. Got it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I'm a fan of some of the flashback types of ways to fill in information as well, right? Like kind of yeah. starting off in the middle of something, but then kind of jumping back to say, okay, now who is this person? Where, where did they come from? And kind of jumping back to the action and kind of jumping out and talking about another person or another another situation right so you see that all the time in tv
1: oh yeah yeah
0: all the time in tv
1: yeah in tv it is much easier because it's a visual medium Mm -hmm. and you're seeing the flashbacks books it is harder you want a definite balance you don't want too many flashbacks because then that's
0: disorienting
1: yeah (laughs) disorienting jumping back and forth and And can be confusing. Again, I think sometimes it's okay not to know something. Sure. Not to know who somebody is for the story. Not to necessarily. And again, it's also a little bit murky with the show versus tell. Because if you're truly showing, then you're not giving a flashback. Because a flashback tends to be tell. Mm -hmm. So, but it can be a good tell and you can i mean in the action of the flashback make it a show but you're also telling the audience something that they need to know so it sure. is strictly <laughs> a tell so like, like how I do said, I get it's this a murky, information across yeah it's a murky area there
0: yeah nice well excellent so let's think about if we were going to leave people with kind of one hot tip to try out or one maybe challenge to try this week, based on what we've just talked about, um, what would we give them?
1: I again, I'm a fan of that mystery box. So, homework number one: go find that uh, video on YouTube, and I don't know if it's J.J. Abrams, but just put it in TED Talk mystery box. I think that's the title. <laughs> you can find of it. It. We'll put it uh, in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. So, the challenge that I would give the audience is figure out one. Saying about your character that you don't want the audience to know immediately, but yet be dropping some of those clues that keeps them going, that keeps them guessing. Just figure out one thing, one thing to do. One thing and in service of the story. Yes. Yep. yep, Yes. I love that. In service of the story.
0: Yep. Because it'd be easy to say, my one thing that I don't want the readers to know is that my character likes pink socks.
1: Yes. And if it doesn't really
0: yeah, play a part of the story, th- who yeah. cares? <laughs> right. So ask yourself, right. there's a good filter. What's the point? <laughs> yes, exactly. What's the in point service of, of the story? Yeah. Awesome. Well, very good. Well, I think we've talked a lot today about some good tips and just general thoughts about how to be successful with writing and some of the ways others go about it. And again, as you said, some of the stuff that even we talk about is going to resonate with yep. you and some of it won't. And that's OK. We're not here to yep. tell you that we are the foremost experts of all of this, although Tina really is. So you should listen <laughs> to her. But we we do try to help out as we can. So that is why we're yeah. here.
1: Take Take what resonates and leave all the rest.
0: There you go. Love it. Well, very good, my dear. And that is yeah. our show for this week. Where can they find more if they want more? Tina.
1: I am on Instagram, uh, usually daily. It can be found there. You can DM me. You can stop by and say hi or email me at christina at bookmatchmaker.com. Where can they find you, Mr. Matt?
0: All my stuff, all the goodies found at kassem.omg.lol. That's C-A-S-S-E-M.omg.lol. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We really hope that you're enjoying every bit of it, but we would love to hear your feedback. Drop us an email either to matt at writeoutloudpod.com or christina at bookmatchmaker.com. We would love to hear your thoughts. What's working, what's not working, and what do you want to hear more of? Thanks so much. We really appreciate it.